You're listening to the New You Biz podcast channel. To all New You Biz members, family, and friends, I'd like to say greetings. And for those of you listening for the first time, welcome to the New You Biz podcast channel. I'm Donald Robinson II co-founder of NewU.biz. And the episode you're listening to features an interview with Mr. David McCullough, who is the founder and creator of Inception, a facility that uses 21st century methods, techniques, and equipment for healing of the mind and the body. Inception uses a dynamic new approach to mind and body wellness and fitness. It's based in Farmington Hills, Michigan, and it uses techniques and technologies such as flotation center therapy, neurooptimal brain training, and other methods and technologies. During the interview, you'll hear us talk about healing of the mind, body, and soul. And David also goes into his background, where he grew up, and how he created Inception. Now, recently I visited the facility at Inception, and I tell you, I had an amazing experience. I personally experienced the neurooptimal brain training, a 30-minute session that relaxes you and allows you to let go, free your mind, and let your body relax. And after the session, I came out very rejuvenated and energized. And during the interview, we talk about that in detail and much more. So I hope all of you out there listening gain something from this interview for your own healing of your mind body and soul so sit back relax and take a listen to our interview with david mccullough hello everyone out there listening and welcome to the new you.biz podcast channel this is donald robinson ii co-founder of new you.biz and on the line i have mr david mccullough founder and creator of inception a wonderful business and i'm going to attest to you all a personal testimony i have of his services Great, great, great services. If you're looking for healing, if you're looking for changing your life and be able to relax and reprogram your mind, I highly recommend going to Inception and provide and the services that David provides. Highly, highly recommend it. So, David, how you doing? Good, man. How you doing? Thank you for having me on the show. Oh, no problem at all. Thank you, thank you, man, for being on the show. So, and before we go into it about the actual business itself. Why don't you give the people out there listening a little background on who you are and, and what you do? What do you do? Okay. Well, um, my, my, my technical background is in information technology. So I went to school, um, graduated back in like 1999 and started, went right into the workforce of doing information technology, doing, you know, tech, technical support for certain companies, worked with another company that was doing some uh, infrastructure for DSL, which is digital subscription lines. This was that high-speed internet at its infancy. You know, this really came onto the market. So I helped launch launch that market with uh, high-speed internet here around 1999, 2000. Okay. But then, you know, I was really always interested into self-help, development, human potential, human growth. And so I found myself going from troubleshooting technology, troubleshooting computers, troubleshooting networks to actually troubleshooting people. Wow. Um, and so my first uh, person that I was doing troubleshooting on was myself. Okay. So, you know, I used to suffer from anxiety and, and depression and had a back injury back in that time. And um, I was just looking, looking for different ways to naturally offset, you know, what I was dealing with, you know, really take care of the symptoms I was dealing with because I didn't want to go the traditional route, which was, you know, medication. And actually I did start off with the medication route and, and, you know, when they put me on like anti, um, nausea medication, cause I used to always feel nauseous or, and cause it was a lot of gut issues I was dealing with. So then they put me on like Prevacid, you know, when I started throwing up the medication, that's when I realized that this is not a, this is not necessarily a physical issue I'm dealing with. Right. You right. Know, so, <clears throat> so from there, I mean, I lived in I lived in South Florida for about six years. So when I was living in South Florida, 
Um, at that time, I was actually working for Kaplan University an online school, and um, I decided based on the, the amount of anxiety and panic attacks I was having, it was just it became so bad. I just needed to I needed to move back home. You know, I'm originally from Detroit and okay. grew up grew up eight mile east eight mile in Detroit. Went to school in Detroit schools my whole life. So when I was living in Miami, though, I decided I needed I needed to come back home. Yeah. Now, in, in terms of how you got into the whole industry of people, what mm-hmm. at what point did you have the transition? I mean, what what triggered you transferring from things and devices into people? Well, again, really was that having to wave that flag, you know, um, and waving that white flag of surrender because, again, I became very reclusive when I was dealing with the anxiety because it, it got to the point where it was unmanageable, okay. you know? Um, so, and I think it really became unmanageable when I had a, uh, had a bad fall. And so, you know, that physical injury really took that emotional injury um, to another level and, and created the, the panic. And I can go back and pinpoint these things. Now I'll be after doing 10 years worth of different home healing modalities to know this is probably what triggered this, okay. you know, because most of the times you don't just deal with when you're dealing with a symptom, it's probably never just the one event that you're dealing with. You're de- dealing with accumulation of different events that took place, whether it be physical or emotional, you know, even nutritional, what you're putting into your body. So, yep. so at that point in time, you know, I just, it was so bad. I had to move back home. And when I started to, um, I, I got involved with this technology, um, called uh, brainwave optimization and so I looked up that technology and I thought it was something that could help me so I I showed it to my dad and me and my dad we went out to Arizona we spent a week out in Arizona using the technology and within a day there was like a 50% decrease in my my anxiety which is really big I mean I felt you know my first training session I ever did um, it just felt like felt like I was on drugs and yeah. guess what? I never ingested anything. Wow. You know, I never ingested anything. And I, I had this such profound relaxation that I thought, it's like, wow. So if I can just bottle bottle this and take it with me, you know. Sure. And so from that point, we decided that, you know, we wanted to become practitioners with the technology. And we, we opened our own business with that technology back in 2007. And that's when I started actually working with people um, and helped troubleshoot their their issues and it was all through you know the brainwave technology that helped the brain and body come out of the stress response yeah so that that started the journey right there wow yeah i mean it's it's very it's a very interesting topic because a lot of people go through life daily and don't even understand how either how stressed they are or how much the stress is affecting their actually physical makeup because Physiology is really a deeper science than people want to imagine it to be because it's really about balancing all aspects, mind, body, and soul. And I think the problem too, David, is that we hear a lot of people, people hear some of the concepts like you and I are talking about, but the problem is they don't bring it home. They don't understand that this is actually something that does apply to each and every one of us because we're all connected Mm -hmm. genetically, Mm -hmm. spiritually, and everything else. But the problem is a lot of people say, oh, okay, but they are so busy in the day-to-day pursuing whatever they're doing, jobs, you know, careers, kids, family, whatever, they don't take that time to, to really heal and take care of themselves or even allow their bodies to heal because the body is a natural miracle on its own where it heals itself, right. but you have to give it the time and space to do that. Time, space, and the tools, the oh, proper yeah. tools, absolutely. And, and what we found is that um, – you're absolutely right. Most people on a day-to-day basis, um, out of sight is out of mind. Yep. You know, it's not till you hit rock bottom till you start deciding that you need to do something different. And a lot of times, even if you hit rock bottom, people, because they'll go the traditional medical route, they never really fully hit rock bottom right. because of the medication. They'll get on the medication or something, and that kind of masks the symptoms. It's yep. still not really taking care of what the what the real issue is so for me i hit rock bottom like there was there was no there was there was no way i can go further right i mean how i felt i felt like i didn't even want to be here at times because i felt so bad yeah 
and I became again very reclusive. I, I lost things I used to enjoy doing, didn't leave the house as much. But so that was my rock bottom, and I had such a contrast now between what it feels, what it's like to feel good, and what it's like to feel horrible. Yeah. And most of my clients that I work with who came in, they were at their wits' end. Like me, they came, they hit rock bottom, and they wanted relief. Yeah. And so for the most part, those were my clientele. Is because again, most of us, we we don't have enough contrast to know. Oh, I need to, you know, because even if you have a, a a night's sleep where it's not good, you just chalk it up where you know that's just normal. Right. But sleep, not having a good night's sleep consecutive nights, is not normal. Right. You know, and and it's not healthy. Right. But we 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 but we live in a society where sixty percent of Americans suffer from sleep deprivation. Wow. Probably more than that, and don't even know it because. Again, we're not being diagnosed with it, but if you close your eyes and, you know, it takes you longer than 10, 20 minutes to fall asleep, you have an issue. Yeah. If you wake up multiple times in the middle of the night, you have an issue. Right. If you don't wake rested, you have an issue. Right. So. And it's very, very fascinating as far as the subject matter, because I know mm -hmm. um, even for myself personally, in my younger years, I would do stuff like, um, Kind of, you know, like one night I might have two or three hours sleep, wake up tired. You know, I try to say, well, I, hopefully I can, what I try to do is catch up the next catch up. night. Yeah. Right. But what I found too, though, the, uh, on some studies is that catch up is not really, you're not really catching up. What you're doing you is. You never catch up. Yeah, you never <laughs> catch up. What you're doing is you're just resetting for the next night. It's like your body recharges and it keeps going. It doesn't, it doesn't have a reserve where you just catch up with it. So if you think about that, think about that emotional bank account, right? Yeah. That emotional or physical bank account. You only can take out what you put in. Yeah. So, you know, that catch-up doesn't exist because you've already, you know, you already exhausted that for the day. Right. So you're already in a deficit. Right. Most of us are in, in deficits. Yeah. Yeah, and then people use other things like uh, pills or when they wake up tired, they try to use caffeine, coffee drinkers, you know what I'm saying? And that doesn't help either because then you have a whole other bunch of phys you have a whole other collection of physical side effects and, and things like that from that. So it's like, it just seems like it, there's a never ending cycle. And I'm glad that you created something as fascinating and wonderful as Inception because it really, it's like, it's a mental, to me, it's, it felt like a, a mental emotional and spiritual gym that you go to because mm -hmm. we always go to the physical gym. Everybody goes to physical gym, which is a, a mis it's just a given. I mean, right. it's almost like duh <laughs> on that. But what you created with Inception is a totally deeper level that is even more important. Right. Yeah. And I used to say, you know, if, if we put so much effort into our internal makeup, you know, and doing the things that help us internally, you know, as we do at the gym, it'd be a different world. Yeah. But we don't take care of that aspect of ourselves. We don't take care of, we don't understand that chronic stress creates mental illness. Yeah. Yeah. And again, a lot of people are stuck in a chronic state of a uh, stress response. Yeah. But, you know, we have to, we have to really start to have that conversation about well, what is stress. Right. You know, and then, People very, very lightly touch upon it because the old cliche is stress is the silent killer, which mm -hmm. is, is a, it's, it's truth to that statement. But what what's not explained is what it is, what causes mm -hmm. it, and why it happens and what, what you can do about it. It's, it's more like just saying, okay, well, since you're stressed out, here, take this prescription. It's, it's like a, mm -hmm. a Band-Aid to the real issue. And, and the real issue is why are you stressed and how can you – what can you do to handle it or minimize it or eliminate it if you can? You know? Right. Well, so again, back to that conversation, too, about well, what is it, right? Because most people, when I ask them the question, they can't really get, give a good answer on what it is. Yeah. You know, it's almost like it's the boogeyman. Right. You know, what is stress? Um, something. It's, so we think of it as something outside of you. Right. Right. Oh, I'm stressed. Like it's something you 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 grabbed hold of. Right. But stress, I, I stopped calling it stress and start calling it the stress response, right? Because because what it is is only stress is only the response to what you believe 
okay. or perceive is happening to you okay. in terms of threat. Wow. So your brain, your brain is hardwired to protect you when there's a situation that calls for survival protection. You know, so think about, you know, our old way of the fight or flight response activating because there maybe is a, a saber toothed tiger chasing you, coming right. at you. Right? right. So your brain is going to choose fight or flight response or let's talk about the other side, the freeze response. Right. So fight or flight is going to throw your sympathetic nervous system into overdrive where your pupils dilate so you can take in more information from the environment. Your heart rate is going to increase and start to pump blood down to your lower extremities. It's going to move away from your gut, so digestion is going to shut down. Right. It's because it's, and it increases the adrenaline and cortisol. Those are the, the chemical makeup that's used to get your body into motion to run from a threat or fight a threat. Right. Right? That, in a nutshell, is stress. Okay. Right? We're talking about what's the response that's happening in your body. So let's say that you had a traumatic event and your brain went into fight or flight to deal with whatever situation you had to deal with. And again, it has nothing to do with Donald. It has nothing to do with David. This is your brain doing it on your behalf the same way, you know, your stomach is digesting things and you don't have to do it, right? Right. It's a lot of different processes your body go through that you don't even have to think about. Right. Well, fight or flight is another one. So the stress response is another one. So it's outside of conscious participation for the most part. Okay. So when there's a traumatic event that happens, your brain goes into that fight or flight pattern to protect you. That's fine. But once the event is over, do you know what typically happens to a person? Uh, what, what happens? The brain is still stuck in fight or flight response and it doesn't shut off. Okay. So think if, again, when I talk to talk to you about your pupils dilate because it's going to take in more stimulus from the environment to know what's surrounding you, you know, your, your heart rate increases, you know, the blood pressure increases, right? All that's the fight or flight response. So if the event is over and you're still stuck, it's like you being parked in a car with your foot on the gas. Okay. All your, all your neurochemical makeup is still activated even though the event is done. So as you have a as you have a trauma, your brain can create this set point to be stuck at to keep you on guard in case a further threat comes. So how do you get unstuck? That's a, there's a question. So this is what inception is about. Inception is about unsticking you. It's about getting your nervous system to come out of the stress response. That's what floating does, our flotation therapy. That's what our brain training system does. That's what our magnetosphere system does. It's going to bring your brain and your body out of that hypervigilant state that, that you needed to use during a, a stressful event. Yeah. So we're talking about trauma, which is a one-and-done event. You have two branches of trauma. So you have hard traumas and you have soft traumas. Yeah. So your hard trauma is like, okay, I was in a car accident or – you know, let's say somebody tried to, you know, attack you or anything of that nature. It's kind of a one and done type of thing, right? Like yeah. it happened and it is over with. So that's trauma, uh, a hard trauma. So then your soft trauma is reoccurring events that are traumatic or stressful. So I say most of our traumas that we experience take place in the home growing up. Yeah. From a parental figure. So if you growing up, and I say that you weren't able to fully express your emotions as being a man, which most of us don't get to do that. So if somebody kept, if you wanted to speak out about something, but somebody kept telling you, oh, be quiet, that's nothing. Oh, be quiet, that's nothing. That's a trauma. Mm. And that's a stress. Wow. Because now they're not allowing you to speak. Right. Right? So now you're, you're suffering, you know, a daily chronic type of trauma where let's say regular demeaning remarks from a parental figure too oh you're never gonna mount anything you boy you just like your daddy or you, you know stuff like this right those are trauma those are stressors wow so your brain is still going into see in that instant your brain is not going into fight or flight because you have a sense of helplessness about it if you have a parental figure who's older than you of course they're older it's your mom or dad right yep. there's no running or fighting right. typically you go into what's called the freeze response 
Now, the freeze response is the opposite of fight or flight. This is what happens when animals in the wild get caught or they try to escape a predator and they may just totally faint. It looks like they died. Yeah. They just fainted with a body just wanted to freeze because, one, it's a survival mechanism because if a, if a gazelle is being chased by a lion and the gazelle just totally passes out, there's a good chance that the lion may not eat the eat the gazelle because he thinks it's wounded. Yeah. So this is where you get the whole idea of playing possum. Right. You know, the the possum so or or deer in the headlights when a, a deer gets stuck, you know, in the, in the middle of the road and his eyes get big because he sees cars coming at him, he's going into freeze because it's too late to move. Mm-hmm. So the body is already numbing you out and preparing you to get hit. And to possibly survive that, so freeze response actually creates uh, the same chemical that's in Vicodin, which is opiates. The opiates that's in the same chemical, and it numbs you out. So you have a lot of people who are stuck in freeze, and so when you're stuck in freeze, you become disassociated. You you don't feel as connected to other people. There's a a sense of depression. There's a sense of um, just not being present, right? So this is the one thing that most people don't talk about when we talk about the stress response. So you got fight or flight, you have freeze response. So if you think about those two branches of the nervous system, um, think about sympathetic nervous system, fight or flight, put on the gas, like I told you, it's going to heighten you up. So if you're heightened all the time, what type of things would you think would help in society to calm that down? What do you think that you would do? I would think that you need to be in at some point definitely in like um you know how you in the hospital you have triage you have you have an emergency room with people everything is just isolated you, you're away from all the outside environment you're away from all the stimuli and mm-hmm. and the concentration is on helping you recover your body from a wound injury on the path to healing so i would think that this situation we're talking about would be in the same vein it's like you have to be in a, in a secluded space to recharge your, your energy and calm your brain down, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But most people don't do that. Most people, if you're heightened, so a good way to, to calm that nervous system down is to drink. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so if you look at the branches of the nervous system, it's all about up and down, right? So fight or flight is all about being up, amped, amped. You're amped up, right? Yeah. Um, freeze response is like subdued. Yeah. You're subdued. You're frozen. You know, so. Um, you need something to stimulate you upward. Right. Fight or flight, you need something to bring you down. Right. So if you look at our culture, we're doing a lot of things to self-soothe. Yeah. So like a lot of people, they'll use fitness. And it's a false sense of exhaustion that's really trying to bring you down. I worked out, I'm so tired. But mm-hmm. that's not that's not how you're going to regulate your nervous system. Most of the people who are doing all this uh, extensive exercising is doing nothing but burning their adrenal glands out. Mm. And, then, and so they may be able to sleep because they, they did all this CrossFit. Now I'm exhausted. Yeah, but you should be able to close your eyes and fall asleep without doing any type of physical work. Right. So when you start to use fitness as a way to try to self-soothe, eventually you're actually you're aging yourself much faster. Wow. Yeah, oxidative stress of working out. You don't need to work out three or four times uh, intensely like that. You know, we in society where we think more is better, right? Yep. Yep. You know, more is better. And, you know, I grew up listening to hip hop. I mean, I sleep when I die. You know, that's a verse. Right. Well, you're going to die a lot sooner. Right. You know, if you don't get some sleep. Well, on that topic, you know, a lot of songs you listen to them. It's like they they're sending out well, it's a certain message in my in my opinion, it's a mixed message. But then they make it sound like well, if I'm young, if I'm if I'm gone when I'm young, then that's it. I mean, not right even not even the inkling of an outlook of saying well, I want to live old and happy. I mean, it's like they're saying well, we're gonna burn out the candle half as bright, twice as bright because it's half as long. Right. But it's like well, and that's that's mostly coming from young African American men, and that's about a conditioning from. That's just a conditioning for us, for first of all. Yeah. Because a lot of us don't even believe we're going to live to be a certain age, you know? Yeah. 
So that that goes into now the psychological trauma that becomes a pattern, yeah. you know. So it then becomes self fulfilling prophecy on top of it. It just seems like there's so many layers to it because it is a lot of layers to it. <laughs> yeah, because because the thing is is that you know in our in the, in the African American community we always say things on a spiritual level and it comes from church bring upbringing with mm-hmm. a lot of us but we talk about speaking something and does it so that's because mm-hmm. it is, that's true i mean you, you say something you if you repeat it over and over you believe it, it, it becomes your reality so if right. you believe you're not going to live to tomorrow guess what you're not going to be here tomorrow um right but what i like about what you're doing is it, it it's bringing a whole new level towards health fitness and wellness because you know we hear about even with mental therapy there's a certain it's like every aspect, like we talk about going to the gym or going to see a psychiatrist, it's, it's all on a certain phase. It's not, it's not a complete package. It's like one part of a total package. And I think, I think too, David, the problem, like we just said earlier about going to the gym, it's some people's only recourse because they don't know anything else to do. Right. They haven't trained themselves to recharge their battery as far as their mindset emotions things like that they just they just put all into the physical aspect which is which is going to exercise but then not taking care of the brain not taking care of the soul so yeah with the yeah we've become very body centric at this point i mean with the instagrams and stuff and you so you saw you saw you always it's like you're seeing two ends of the spectrum that just happens where one minute we're all obese right it's like a lot of obese people yeah then the whole fitness get in shape thing came in and now you're seeing people walk around with six packs abs and you know and doing pistol squats on kettleballs or, yeah. you know just like kettlebells and it's this extreme right yeah we went from one extreme to the spectrum to the next but truthfully is you know of course you're going to feel better about yourself if you can you know um look at yourself in the mirror and see yourself you know nice cut and things of that nature but two you know don't don't fall into the trap of suffering from Adonis complex yep. or, you know, you mask, you just mask, you know, your issues on the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. So building the muscle, burning the fat does not change any of the stress or the trauma that's still on the inside. Right. Right. And then, you know, what you're doing is putting eggs in one basket when you really right. have four baskets to handle, but you put all the eggs in one and, and, and one and not helping at all. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So you see people are very body centric and very egocentric too. And it's like, you need to go in and you need to work. Like I said, you need to spread those eggs across different baskets, Yeah. you know, versus being so hyper, you know, it's almost like we're very, um, you know, hyper attuned to one type of thing. Yeah. You know, I'm just into fitness and it's like, well, what else is going on in your life? You know, it's like, what, what, you're doing other things, you know, you're doing some meditation, or you're really working on that inner self, you know, yeah. and oftentimes you can see that it's, it's not there. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Even, even, in, even in my industry, I've seen that. Yeah. Wow. Wow, you really? Know, you can go and you can, yeah, you can go and you can, you know, think about all the tools. It's a, it's, I've done 30 different healing modality tools in the past um, 10 years. But there has to, you know, there has to be some balance too, where it's not just about doing all this work and, you know, internal work and, you know, you, you need to go and live life and be happy and, you know, yeah, there has to be some happiness on the inside and some, you know, experience in life too. So you definitely don't want to just be, you know, at either end of the spectrum. Well, and that, on that point, David, give the listeners out there uh, a, a, a bit about what I was going to ask you was, what do you think true happiness is? What do I think true happiness is? Well, one, I don't look at happiness as a um, as an on-off type of thing. Okay. Like where you're, you know, you're the happier you're not. You know, my mom, me and my mother, we talk about this. She's a uh, licensed uh, social worker and a therapist, and uh, she's actually one of my managers for one of my locations we talk about this is you know it's not a it's not an on and off thing you know think about it as a pie okay. right so on a scale from one to ten what's your level of happiness well even if you say you're a two 
at least there's some happiness there, right? Yeah. You yeah. may not have, you may not be at the the, the end because it swings too, right? Yep. So it's not like, oh, it's always a ten or it's always a one. As long as, as long as you're somewhere on that scale, I think you're, you know, you're doing well. But I think happiness is really about being more um, content, okay, and less reactionary to uh, stressors that's out there. Listen, when you have a lot of stressors coming out there and you're reacting to all of them, you're not happy. Right. You don't have time to be happy because you can't be happy in a stress response at the same time. Right. Typically, if you're highly stuck in a stress response, you're going you're gonna to notice that your level of happiness on that scale is like way down there. Yeah. Because it's the peace. You know, and I, I, I realize that happiness, as long as your basic needs are met, Right. You're eating on a daily basis. You got, you know, a house over your head, a uh, roof over your head. You know, you got uh, those basic necessities and needs met. You, you'll you be okay. If those needs aren't met, let me tell you, happiness is like not even, can't even have a conversation about that. You know, if you think about spiritual text, and, you know, Jesus, before he even did a message, he always did what for people? He fed them. Because if you if you fool, like I, I noticed that people are a lot happier when they eat. Yeah. When they've had food, you know. Because one, it soothes, soothes the nervous system, soothes the soul. Right. So I think happiness is really, you know, just being able to be um, comfortable in your own skin and sure. not reactive. I found that to be the case. It's just more present, not reactive, and your basic needs are met. Yeah. That's when you can have really true happiness. But when you're trying to like use, trying you know, capitalism, what have you, where it, it, you would never be happy because they're always telling you if you don't have this, you're no good as you, a person. Yeah, you don't feel good. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 a the balance or the or the the goal of balance is a daily struggle, and I think um when we like we talked about earlier, that really brings home in terms of the inner city communities because. These type of concepts, just not even on the radar. Because nobody, I mean, when you're going through daily stressors, it's not even a thought. I mean, you could, I'm pretty no. sure you've come across people who have never even heard the concepts, and once they get exposed to, like, I, I never, that's what I'm going through. I never knew I was going through all of that. Yeah, you mm-hmm. are. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because in our community, we think, uh, you know, uh, time heals all wounds. Right. And it, and it, and it doesn't. Right. Time plus. The right tools can heal wounds, right. but time itself, no. Right, you time. know, or they, or, or we think we'll give it, a, we'll give it to Jesus. Yeah, right. You know, we we we've been really good at that for years. You know, we've really been um have have really um shut down each other's voices in the community. Yeah, where and we and we use it, we use religion to do it. Oh, don't 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 worry about that. You know, you're too blessed to be stressed. No, yeah. but I'm I'm stressed right now. Right. It's it's kind of, it's trying to minimize what you're feeling. Yeah. Or make it seem like you shouldn't feel that way. And right. it's something wrong that if you do feel that way. It's something wrong if you feel anger. It's something wrong if you feel sadness or grief. Right. Those are just emotions and there's nothing wrong with feeling any of them. The problem is when people start to again, they suppress you from feeling. You know that's the that's the issue because that creates more stress and trauma for you growing up. You become bottle a bottle of emotions. Oh yeah, yeah. And I think the problem with that too is that we've been passing that down as a legacy from generation to generation, and, and not even mm-hmm. conscious. It's not even about passing it down. It's the fact that we're not even conscious of it. We auto. It's like automatic pilot for a lot of folks. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, a lot of we probably could do a series on different topics. You know, we're talking about oh, tonight yeah. because. The thing is, David, about that, my personal take on that has always been about it's about balance. And, and even if you want to go into cliche, I always cling to the cliche of if you take one step, God will take two. But my, I always took that to another level saying, OK, that's 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 the, that's the, that's the first truth. But the second truth is if you don't take the step, meaning you have to do something about it because it's not going to happen if you don't do anything about it. And I think that translates into us taking care of our health, taking care of ourselves on all levels. Like you said, with the balance, mm-hmm. you know, mind, body, and soul. If you don't do it, mm-hmm. nobody's going to do it. Your spirit can't 
kill without you taking care of the body and your mind. So it's like they all are congruent. Mm-hmm. I think I've always felt like the balance of life is to have balance in all the areas, not just physical, mm-hmm. not just mental, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. again, you know, that's why I say that Inception is such a wonderful, wonderful business that you've nurtured and grown. And just the concept of it alone is phenomenal because a lot of people just don't think about it at all. They, they've never no. thought about this level of their status of being, you know what I'm saying? Right. Well, and it's a saying, nothing changes if nothing changes. Yeah. All right. That's true. So, so nothing changes, nothing changes. And, and, and we are, um, we're at, at a good place where we're starting to really educate people more good. on needing to do the work for themselves good. and, you know, making them aware of the state of being that they're in at any time. Because I can feel when I'm in freeze response. I yeah. know what to do about it. And I know what to do about it. Yeah. You know, if you're in fight or flight, I can, I, I know when a person's in either state, I can look at them and tell. Yeah. And know what to suggest to them. You know, you need to do this. And it's not about prescribing. We're not doctors. Yeah. It's, and it's not rocket science, though, what we're doing. Right. We're just allowing the brain and the body to find regulation, to come out of the stress response state, and to finally rest which it hasn't been doing probably for years. Right. So when you introduce somebody into that new, uh, that nervous system back into a way of actually relaxing, um, it's like, it's like miraculous to a lot of people. Oh yeah. And it, and we've seen some miraculous type of things in terms of symptomology decreasing from, you know, ADHD to anxiety, to post-traumatic stress, to, you know, Epstein-Barr virus, lupus, you know, MS. Yeah. And again, it's not because we're doing anything um, miraculous for us. I mean, once you get the understanding of it, it's not miraculous. But for a lot of people, it is because Western medication has taught you, you know, drugs and surgery. Yep. So if it doesn't fit in that paradigm, you're like, what? What is this? What are you doing? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Now, in terms of the business itself, how many, um, like, since 2007, how have you grown and, and what kind of, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure you, you have a multitude you know, of clients and, and regular customers. So how, mm-hmm. how has your business grown since 2007? Well, in 2007, we started with the one technology, with the brainwave optimization, and that's looking at the brain's um, frequencies and being able to get the brain to, again, come out of stress response. So we, in that time frame, eight years of working with that technology, I, I saw probably about a thousand people in that time frame okay. and saw, you know, all different types of things you've heard of to things you've never heard of. So, but from that, you know, I started to look at other tools, you know, I was looking at tools, other tools the whole time. And, you know, and I just kept adding things to the business of things I know I wanted to add to the business at certain points. Um, so when I added in, I went and did what's called flotation therapy, and that's one of our, our biggest services. Um, I did flotation therapy, and once I did two float sessions, I thought that this is something I wanted to add to the business. You know, and I can see the way that I was moving across the world with more and more people starting to add flotation therapy to their business or open this float places by itself. And so, you know, I started, I got one tank. You know, I started with one tank and, you know, I had people coming in left and right just to do floats. I mean, I was booked, you know, from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. at night. Wow. You know, but I, but I only can do, you know, six or seven floats max throughout the day because I only had one tank. Yeah. Never wanted to start with one tank, but that's how it just ended up. And, you know, now, you know, fast forward to today, you know, this is 2013-14. We had started off with that one tank. Now we have eight tanks total in the whole state, uh, four in uh, one location, four in another location, because we have our one location in Farmington Hills and one in uh, Ann Arbor. Okay. So the business has grown. And two, uh, Don, the cool thing about what we're, what we're at now is that social media has grown, where now people are more open to these ideas and seeing that a lot of people are starting to do it. And monkey see monkey do right like yep. people's like what's that you're doing they want to they want to take over too yep. it was just like the fitness industry right where it was like 
a lot of people start seeing these Instagram accounts with these girls or these men and they just shred it, right? Yep. Like, wow, well, like, you know, they get a lot of likes and a lot of attention. Yep. Well, now it's starting to happen where you see a lot of athletes and things of that nature start to get into float tanks. Yeah. They get in the float tanks or they get in the magnosphere. Now they're doing brain training. So people are falling in line with that. Um, the flip side is a lot of them don't understand that they're doing the internal work, though. Because right. they still think it's about, oh, I'm doing this for pain relief. Right. Like, I got a pain in my back. But do you understand that a pain in your back could it be actual in an actual emotional issue? Sure. You know? Yeah. Because we don't understand how, um, how you know, emotions become trapped in the body. Yeah, and it's like, um, it, it, which it, what we're talking about now reminds me of some of the ancient eastern traditions of you know physiology and physical healing in terms of they talk about certain points in your body hurt because of certain conditions i mean mm-hmm. if you look at the concept of acupuncture if you look mm-hmm. at a lot of the different eastern or uh, eastern originated concepts it speaks to the same same mode but they've been doing it for centuries and we're just now understanding it recently and that that's that's fascinating by itself and so you know when it comes to that a lot of people just I, I'm glad again that you're doing it because, like you said, with the, with the advent of social media, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, more awareness is happening. People are reading more about not just that, but new age philosophies, different mm-hmm. ways to look at yourself, new ways of looking at religion and spirituality, and and healing. Healing is a very important part of our essence as human beings, and you know mm-hmm. I just can't say enough about what you're doing because, folks, for all you out there listening, I actually. And, you know, a participant because I visited Inception myself and went through brain train. And for me, you know, I've, I've meditated before and meditating is really another form of training your body and brain to calm down. But meditation for me has always been about being in tune, like understanding where your body is and in sync with the mind. And it I told uh, Timothy Gay, I told him at the time when it happened because he helped me get set up. I told him after I came out of it it was like being in suspended animation. I was asleep and I was highly aware of things, but I was rested, calm, peaceful, almost like REM one sleep in, in stage one mm-hmm. sleep for, you know, as far as rest. And a lot of people just have never experienced that. And I hope that, you know, in years to come that many, many, many more people by the multitudes experience that because then, you know, we, we look at even with current events going on in our, in our society, like the current state of our, you know, presidential administration, a lot mm-hmm. of people upset and stressed about that. A lot of people yeah. with pent-up anger. A lot of people with yeah. frustration. And, and you see it in our society, even just in general in passing. I mean, road rage. I mean, people at the store, people in, on the right. street. I mean, there's a lot of rudeness. There's a lot of a lot of anger. And, and it's becoming dangerous because people don't even know how to channel that and redirect that energy. And so it's becoming destructive. And in many points, for the people self-destructive who actually – who actually, um, you know, are, are the active participants and who actually do that kind of stuff. It's becoming self-destructive for them as well, you know. And it's all about survival. Yeah. Again, and it's, two, and it's only two emotions. It's fear and love. Yeah. Survival mechanism puts you into fear mode. Yeah. And yeah. so typically what I've seen, even with relationships, when people come out of that, that fear response, I mean, their relationships start to grow because now they're not reacting. Right you know, off each other, and they're more loving towards each other. Right, right. You know, um, and, and, and one thing you experienced, uh, Don, is when you did the brain training is you didn't have to, you didn't have to consciously participate in anything. Right. right. So our tools are all nine really conscious based where you have to do anything. Right. It's kind of dumb for you. Now, now, as you go deeper into the work, and you really want to, you really want to overcome certain uh, limitations, uh, thought limitations. Then you you're gonna you're gonna consciously participate a little bit more in certain things, like a float tank, because you really can develop your mind in there. Sure. Um, and you can you can surf your own thoughts and repattern yourself, you know. But that's but in the beginning, most people are so um, wounded that. They, they're not at a place that they need to do that yet. They okay. just need to allow the, the technologies and the modalities to do what they do, build a baseline upon it, build up that reservoir for it, you know, build up their emotional bank account, 
and then they can start going deeper into, you know, um, you know, just doing more of the crafting work, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and walk the, walk the people out there listening through the whole process of the float tank. What's the float tank and, and what's the prize of it and how do you, how do you be actively involved with it once you're in it? Okay. Well, float tank is a nine by six, uh, tub. Um, it, it does have a ceiling and it does have a, you know, a door that you, you walk into, you step into it. Um, so it's nine by six. It has 10 inches of water, 10 to 12 inches of water. And there is 1000 pounds of Epsom salt dissolved into the water. So, um, and the water is heated to skin temperature, 93.5 surface of the skin temperature. Um, you actually have the ability to turn the light off, which we do recommend turn the light off. Um, does have music, but another thing we, we like to recommend is turn the music off. So what happens is what we're doing is we're putting you in an environment where there is no light, no sound, and once you lie down, because of the amount of Epsom salt that's in the water, you begin to float effortlessly. So it takes all the pressure off your joints and your limbs. And see, the real the reason why, the one of the biggest reasons why, you know, flotation therapy is so awesome is because, again, meditation you have to really put some effort towards that. Yeah. Well, flotation therapy, because of you not having to, uh, your brain not having to process light sound and mainly gravity, you kind of go into it after about 10, 15 minutes, you go into the meditative state effortlessly. Wow. And so while you're laying there in that, that tank for 60 minutes, people think, I would get bored. It's like, no, the time goes by. A lot of times you don't have any concept of time. You think it's sometimes you think it's going slower, sometimes you think it's going faster. But when you're there, you're very relaxed, and it's one of the most relaxing things you can do. I've had many people come out and say this, this blows massage away. Yeah, it's because nobody's touching you, and for the first time, your your brain doesn't have to process gravity. It hasn't had to do this, you know, since you came into the world, you've been processing gravity. But when you're in the womb, not so much. Right. So. It does have that womb type of feeling, like you're going back into the womb and then you're coming out being reborn in a sense. Um, because, again, the amount of stimulation that we take on from, you know, everyday distress and your brain does come out of fight or flight when you're in a float tank as well. The amygdala, which is actually the fear center of the brain, does deactivate. And this is what they're seeing in the studies down with um, uh, Dr. Feinstein and the um uh, Lieber Institute in Tulsa, Oklahoma, they're finding that it's having a similar reaction to uh, to anti-anxiety medication. It's actually turning the amygdala off. Wow. So when you're in there, I mean, your brain is just shut down. It goes into that meditative state. Your muscles are now, your body is absorbed into the magnesium. Hmm. Now, 80% of Americans are magnesium deficient. Okay. So... One thing that burns through magnesium faster than anything is being stuck in a stress response. So go go figure that we're magnesium deficient. So you get into that tank, you know, muscles start to relax, brain calms down, and it, it literally feels like you you're floating in suspended suspended space. Wow, that's fascinating, man. I mean, really, it's just so much so much I'm learning right now, and. It, it's it's such a deeper topic because it's nothing that's exposed. People don't know what's going on. People don't even know what their body is reacting to and not. And mm-hmm. I always even look at, you know, in, especially in our society and Western culture, the whole notion of people getting things like the flu, stomach flu, viruses, things like mm-hmm. that. Those are still symptoms of stresses. I mean, because of the immune right. system breaks down you when you're stressed. And I know it's from my right. own personal life. When I was at high stress levels, usually I, I was highest in stress levels around the cold months. Well, boom, I get a cold, I'm gonna break down. Right. And then to point, you know, I know I'm, in recent years, I, I've you know tried to stay in tune with my body and things, and I've discovered that once I knew, once I was stressed and I knew a cold was coming on, because I was so tired and couldn't even mm-hmm. get up. Then here comes the cold, here comes you know a virus or something like that. So it's all it's all interrelated. And again, you know, it's like Learning, you know, we all in society have to retrain ourselves to understand our bodies, our minds, and our souls are in congruent 
with each other. They all have a relationship right. and they're all connected. Mm-hmm. So one's going down because the other one's going to be affected. And, you know, brain, you know, like pain by itself is a concept. It's a, it's a trigger for something else that's going on. And a lot of people just say, mm-hmm. oh, my back hurt. Yeah, but then the, the question is never asked is why does your back hurt? I don't know. Right. Well, I pulled something. I, I, you know, I bent over wrong. Okay, you yeah. may have bent over wrong, but why did it hurt at that point? Because I'm pretty sure you bent over wrong maybe several times in your lifetime. So why did it happen at this point? Why did it? Why did your back give out? You know what I'm saying? Right. And then you and once you once you start asking that question, it's like um, you ever see you ever have headphones? Yeah. Like you know, and you pull them out your pocket and they just looked all raveled up. Yeah. Well, that's why your back hurts. Yep. But if you look at the end of one end that you would put into the head jack and the other end of the headphones, you know, it's like, how do you get from one end to the other? And when you look at, you know, the how it's all raveled up, it's like a maze. Right. You know, it's all tangled up. So your back hurting could be nowhere near each other. You know, um, it could be something totally on the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah. You know, even though you think it's physical, and it can be so something so far left, something you never even thought of. Yeah. Because we chalk everything up to be so physical, and that's where it needs to stop because we need to understand psychosomatic um, trauma that we've experienced and stress. Um, a lot of things that's in our body is stress-related. Yeah. Emotionally related. Right. You know, so... You know, like like you were talking about the Chinese medicine. So, you know, we have an acupuncturist here, and I had a friend. She had back pain, and I said, where, show me where the back pain is. And she showed me, so I looked up an acupressure point. I said, oh, that's the liver mm. on her back, right? So you probably got some liver issues going on. So she goes in, she does acupuncture. She does it on the exact spot in other areas. She gets done. Guess what? No back pain. Yeah. Well, what do we do? Did we give her some drugs? Did we tend to the rehab? Did we, you know, what do we do? No, it's an emotional issue, and it's probably it was caused by the liver on the body, you know, not the back. Yeah. But again, we think of linear. Yep. We think too much as linear, especially in our culture. It's just everything is just so physical based. Oh, I pulled a muscle and let me go to my doctor and let me get a cortisol shot or something, you know, that's going to try to do something with pain let me take a bike it in or let me you know it's like those things are you know we need to let go of those concepts and we need to start blending eastern and western uh medicine yeah um to be more resourceful for our bodies you know i mean tom brady say he walked away from the medical model and look how this guy's playing yeah he has a float tank in his home yeah 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 and there's, that's definitely a reason for that because he understands the balance. And I think that, like you just said, if we, if we blend Western and Eastern cultures as far as medicine and healing, that's exactly what it is. It's a balance. And I think that there's, you know, and I think, and I, I chalked this up years ago as far as the human experience is that we're, we are, we tend to be creatures that lock into the finite, the tangible, what we see. We don't, we don't believe anything we don't see. So it's like if we don't see it, it doesn't mm-hmm. exist, which we know, you and I know, it's not true. But it's like because of the conditions of our society, we've been taught to believe that, you know. And just like All you right. said, with marketing, advertising. I mean, I'm glad when I went to college, I, I you know, I took uh, a major in the business school. And when I went to marketing and advertising, it really opened my eyes up to what's going on. Because all they're doing is selling you product or a service and what they try to do is use the psychological approach saying you're not worthy of anything until you get this product you're so much right. better when you get this service you're better as a human being once you once you buy this product or service and we both know mm-hmm. that's an illusion but that but that's right. what they do that's that's a sales tactic you know right the problem has become that many people in society don't want to think any further than what they see and they bought solely and wholly into that and it's become a, a mass ball of confusion. And and then in the, in, in the medical side of it, like I'm not considered medical, right? We're not medical. Right. But you'll have, um, I'm, I'm not medical, but people are getting better, right? It's kind of weird. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> but, right, right. But, but then you have people ask you, well, what type of studies did this have? 
and if the truth of the matter is about studies, I'm not saying that studies shouldn't be done or that they're not good, but tell me in your whole life, what study have you read around surrounding anything that you put in your body or yeah. anything of that nature? So if it's about studies, then nobody would do anything. Right. Because there's a lot of studies going around. You would, We wouldn't put the phone up to your head. Right. Because a study hasn't come out. Or there probably has been more studies coming out showing you that radiation being put up to your head is not good for you, right? So, right. so, but they'll use that as a way to say, well, you know, acupuncture is no good. What's the study? Where's the data? Yeah. It's like, oh, well, the data is it survived thousands of years. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So, where's the studies at? Let me see. People are getting better. It Even might... if something was a placebo. Which most medications, they all have, to, everything has a placebo to it, first of all. Nothing is exempt from having a placebo. Right. Right. So, look, a placebo, if I can get better off a placebo, I'll take it. Right. And then. I and, never poo poo that. <laughs> right, right. I hear you. Because the other thing to that is, if you look at acupuncture, acupuncture itself, it was around before data was even created. So right. something's on I mean something's right about it still around. I mean, you know. Right. Or yoga. Yeah. Or you know, or massage or, you know, any of these types of modalities. I mean, you start then you start getting into like what they were doing in shamanic circles and things of that nature. I mean yeah. they all it all has a place. But you know, in the Western world, you know, we got this idea of intellectualism and thinking that you need all this stuff to back it up before you can, you know, before someone can use it. Right. It's like, no, all these studies, most of our, for most of the drugs out there are being funded by the exact companies that's selling it. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, it's just, and there's no money. There's, there's not enough money in wellness right. uh, for, for certain people. They want to keep you addicted to something. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, and, and don't get me wrong while me saying all this, the, the medical industry has its place. The problem is that. You know, if you if you need to get on some type of depression mat, that's great. Get on it, stabilize yourself. But it's one thing to be stabilized, and it's another thing to be anesthetized and dependent. You on know, it. right? Dependent, and right. You, you you using it like okay, get on it and get off of it as soon as you can. Right. right. It's meant to just to find some stability. Yeah. If you need to find some something to stabilize you for that moment. You know. Yeah. It's meant to be a guide for you and not the actual way that you stay on. Right. Right. So well, it's like if you if you think about it, if you had to put a, a cast on your leg, well, if you wore the cast for the rest of your life, what's going to happen? Shoot, they they go dry you put up. It, so atrophy, yeah, yeah, it wouldn't even work. Yeah. So, you know, think about that. Um, you know, and I had a psychologist. She's out of Canada, and she told me, David, these drugs are like straight jackets. Yeah. You know, they stabilize you stop you from doing certain things, but they stop you from doing a lot of other things. Yep. You know, so you're not going to thrive on it. No, not at all. So tell me this, David, in terms of inception and where have you brought it so far, what's your vision for the future and where, where are you planning to take it and where would you like for it to go? Well, we're starting a movement. Okay. And that movement is just what we're talking about. We're having these conversations. Um, so the movement is, is is to the beginning of something new. And that beginning of something new for us is new in how we deal with our mental, emotional, physical, spiritual selves. Okay. You know, and it's all encompassing. You know, we do provide you with the full gamut. We have a physical, physical exercise piece, but guess what? Even that puts it into it. We have it, it even in a proper place here. When you're not doing exercise five times out of the week, you need to do it once or twice. Right. You know, and then you spend other times working on that, that, that again, that internal stressor, uh, the internal self stress response, bring peace, happiness to the in, inward man. You know, so we, we're starting this movement and I see us, you know, we're going to franchise at a certain point and we're going to have these all around the, the country and even the world. Yeah. Um, because again, this model is definitely, something that's needed for the everyday average person. Um, and people always ask who can benefit from it. And I say everybody. That's right. If you're breathing, you can benefit. Absolutely. 
I, and I can see you going that route because, again, it's such an awareness. You're waking up a lot of people. You're waking up people to something they knew. They've had. It's like it's like being something innate. You know, you always have had it but never knew you had it, and then somebody points. It's like you're a guide for people. You're, you're a guy who has the laser, laser pointer pointing to the screen like this is part of your makeup. And people look at the screen like, wow, I never knew I was – I had all that miracle inside of me. Yes, you do. Right. You're right. a walking miracle. You just don't know it. You know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, that's wonderful to hear, man. So so um, with that being said, hopefully that, that – I hope that things are bright for you in the very, very near future because it's great and – like I tell you, people out there listening, I've, I've uh, personal testimony. I test to the services, great, wonderful services. And once you all get through listening to this podcast or even while you are listening to it, please look it up. And David, you guys are on the web. What's your, what's the, what's the name of your web address? Oh, it's uh, www.iaminception.com. Wonderful. So make sure you check out Inception. Understand some of these things for yourself. We know there's a lot of healing that needs to be going on. And for all of you, just heed what we've been talking about over this past hour. And hopefully you can get, glean something positive from it, something affirmative for your own lives. And, David, I'd like to thank you so much for the interview and hope to see you and hope to have you on again very, very soon. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. Um, definitely we probably need to do it again. we got a lot of ground we had to cover and um you know definitely more that we can dive deeper into next time but definitely i'll be seeing you and come on out and do some floats do some more floats do some more brain training and uh make it happen for yourself well definitely i'm planning on doing the floats and more brain training because it's healing and i felt the healing immediately so with that being said thanks a lot man and be talking to you soon all right thanks a lot don So to recap the interview, Inception was created by David to address the issue of healing the mind and the body. Healing of the mind and the body is essential. And as we discussed in the interview, there's too much emphasis in our society on the body itself. But your total healing and wellness, it should be centered around healing of your mind, body, and soul. And as I learned through David and his life and his creation Inception, It is about more than just what you see, what you hear, what you feel. It is about being in tune with all aspects of your existence, meaning that it's about you healing yourself in all areas of your life to achieve as much of a balance as possible. So many times in our everyday lives, we get bombarded with so much external stimuli about how we should feel about ourselves. A concept like Inception helps us to weave through all of that and find out our own healing. It allows us to reserve a quiet space during these busy times and allows us to rejuvenate and create a space for ourselves so we can take better care of ourselves. I, for one, appreciate David and his efforts, and I believe with his growth in such a rapid form in 10 years, he's going to grow that much faster as people become more aware of these techniques and also because people out there are craving for this type of healing. There's a lot of broken souls out in the universe. And now, as we discussed in the interview, this can be a method to help change the world. So if you want to look up David McCullough and Inception, you can go to his website, which is www.iaminception.com. Again, that's www.iaminception.com inception.com so i hope that you all gain something from this interview and i wish you well and success on your journey towards your own healing well that's it for this podcast thanks for tuning in if you want to know more about us we're on the web at www.nuyou.biz again that address is www.nuyou.biz Dot B-I-Z. We're also on social media. You can look us up. We're on Facebook under first word N-U, second word Y-O-U-B-I-Z. So you can friend us on Facebook and please like our posts. 
We're also on Twitter under at symbol N-U-Y-O-U-B-I-Z. So please follow us on Twitter. We're also on LinkedIn under first word N-U, second word Y-O-U-B-I-Z. So please visit our page and connect with us on LinkedIn. We also have a YouTube channel and a Google Plus page under N-U-Y-O-U dot B-I-Z. This podcast is on Apple iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean under NewU.biz podcast channel. So please subscribe to our channel on Apple iTunes and Google Play and follow us on Podbean. We're also on SoundCloud under DDB Group LLC. And if you go to our page on SoundCloud, you'll see all of our podcast episodes. We also have a blog. So you can check out our blog under www.nuyoubizblogs.com. We also have a crowdfunding campaign for this podcast to help expand our efforts to reach as wide an audience as possible. In addition to interviews, we also plan to add multimedia and other tools to make this podcast a memorable experience for you. So become a patron today by going to podbean.com, search for our podcast, newyou.biz podcast channel, and you will see the Become a Patron button. Click it and choose your amount to pledge to our campaign. Once you pledge, you also are entitled to a free membership of your choice to newyou.biz as either an individual member or a professional member, depending on what role you want to play in our family. So join our efforts today to help individuals become who they deserve to be. If you have any suggestions on topics you would like to hear from us, you can email us at info at newyou.biz. That's I-N-F-O at N-U-Y-O-U dot B-I-Z. Or you can reach out and send us a message on Facebook, tweet us on Twitter, or send us a message on LinkedIn. Once again, this is Donald Robinson II, co-founder of newyou.biz. Thanks for listening, and please stay tuned for more podcasts. You've been listening to another New You.biz podcast. For more information, join us at www.nuyou.biz. Again, that address is www.nuyou.biz. New You.biz, where change is real. And you can also get empowerment, encouragement, and positive change.